Blog Talk Radio. are losing their rights to liberty and property, anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Hey, everybody. Ooh, what a night, what a night. Uh, We got a show for you tonight you're just going to love. But anyway... Uh, we got a lot going on. I want to jump to things. By, by the way, this is Marty Oakley, in case you were wondering. Um, we got a lot going on. But before we get going, there's a lot of pressure coming out uh, for people to get on Medicaid. Now, understand something about Medicaid. Um, if you go on Medicaid and you pass away, every state now has the right to come in and take your house, all your possessions, and... Um, because they have to be paid back uh, because this was just a loan. You, didn't you understand? And um, it's just a, 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 this. It's like everything is being done. Uh, everything is being done to dispossess us of our property, of our possessions, and even our right to our own lives. Um, they're after us, and they want rid of a lot of us. And Anybody who's disabled, anybody who's six year older is targeted and they they want us gone. So hang on to your butts because this is going to be quite a ride. And if you don't stand up and fight, don't cry when they mow over the top of you. And uh, that's all I can say. We do these shows because we're trying to warn people. We're trying to find tools to help them out and expose the corruption wherever we can find it. So with that, uh, Cause, did you have anything you wanted to say? I'm just excited about tonight's show, and hopefully we're going to have some people calling in, asking questions. It's going to be great. And make sure you save time for the hog report at the end of the show, Marty. Okay. We had Uh, a good one. Yeah, it just, I don't know. We got a lot of people signing in, and... um, uh, uh, this is just this is one of those shows where you're just scratching your head wondering what the hell happened here. Our guest tonight is Stuart. Ooh, I'm losing my breath here. Stuart, um, 
Do you pronounce that Hanges? Hanty. Hanty? Okay. Like hand okay. and then a golf team. Yeah. Hanty. Oh, okay, Hanty. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> Stuart, you've been <laughs> running through the mill here. Uh, I mean, you've been in jail, you've been arrested and all this stuff. Why don't you start at the beginning of this story? How did this all this start? And one question I have for you. Did anyone advise you and Roger to go do this? No. Uh, what they did say to Roger at the Reno Police Department was, it's a civil matter. We're not getting involved, but why don't you go up to the facility and see if, can, if you can kind of mediate some sort of middle-of-the-road uh, agreement where you can take your mom out of there. That, uh, words to that effect. Not verbatim, but words yeah. to that effect. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. Um, wow. How I got involved in it. Uh, I just, by chance encounter, I met Roger Hill just at a local attorney's office here in Reno, Nevada. And first and foremost, Marty, thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. It's, uh, oh, you bet, Jess. We'll uh, probably do more. We're, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're trying to expose these corrupt legal officials. And, and I'm sadly, uh, as I did 30 years in law enforcement, I'm looking at a lot of the cops now and saying, uh, you guys are bad. So uh, it's I, I, a chance encounter at the um, um at the attorney's office in Reno, I was there because I was uh, trying to fight against uh, a job that I was illegally terminated from. Of course, I had to drop that when all this stuff blew up. And I met Roger. We started talking about a whole different matter that has to do with a traffic citation in another county. I just told him to pay it because I had worked up there as a deputy sheriff. And we got through that, and he goes, hey, listen, I got another matter I want to talk to you about. And it's regarding my mother. I go, well, what's going on? And he said, well, she's being abused and neglected, and I really want to talk to you about it because nobody wants to help me. I said, okay, well, let's you and I talk outside this attorney's office. I gave him my number. He gave me his number. We exchanged numbers. We talked. Uh, he came over to my house. He actually showed me pictures of his mother uh, in this assisted care facility in northwest Reno called Stone Valley. And I'm going to call out names tonight because names need to be called out. Stone Valley, That's fine. Stone Valley Assisted Care Center yep. uh, where she, she had sustained a – a black eye. She was in disheveled clothing. And now, this lady, when she was not that much younger than what she was at the time, was very prim and proper. Her and her husband uh, belonged to a very elite group called the White Hats and the Reno Rodeo Association. And a rodeo here in Reno was a big deal. They were very well connected uh-huh. in town. She was very, she was always well dressed, meticulously well dressed, uh, always prided herself on her parents. And here's this lady, this beautiful lady. In, in disheveled clothing, wears a black eye, sporting a black eye, and I go, Roger, uh, that's abuse. Because I know, but nobody's yes. helping me. So I said, Gee, okay. Christmas. Well, yeah, I said that. Well, let me do this. I said, I'm not in law enforcement anymore because if I was, I'd have to conflict myself out because I, I can't get involved because it would be a potential conflict. But I was friends with the chief of police, used to be friends, no longer. Jason Soto, the chief, former chief of the Reno Police Department, I said, I'll set up a meeting with, with him and you, and you go down there. He had this paperwork from his group called We the People, and it basically gave him the right and a jury verdict to take his mother out of the facility where she's being abused and neglected. So that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to do. He wanted to care for her in her home, which, and you know, we'll get to that part in a little bit, uh, okay. they had lived in for many, many years. And they basically what happened was the sister of Roger uh, put dar- uh, put her mother in this assisted care facility, just like putting her in the corner and just like, goodbye, yeah. see you later. 
So, anyways, uh, uh-huh. I called up the chief of police. Uh, he was not available. Uh, I got a phone call back from his uh, commander, Oliver Miller, and uh, he said, well, what do you want us to do, Stu? I said, hey, Oliver, this is in your wheelhouse. I said, I, just at least give the man a, a platform to tell his story about what's going on. I go, Oliver, I see the pictures. He's being abused and neglected. So, you know, that's in your wheelhouse, not mine. I'm just kind of being the mediator here. So yeah. Mr. Uh, Commander Miller and Roger and a third person by the name of Tracy Griffith, who's never been charged in this uh, little situation. And uh, there's a backdrop to that. We'll probably get to that in a little bit. But so Tracy Griffith and Roger go down to the Reno Police Department to meet with supposedly Commander Miller. They don't. They meet with a sergeant, Rob Hannifin, who basically tells them, civil matter, we're not getting involved, but why don't you go up there and see what you can do, which is exactly what they did. They called me up. I said, yeah, I can meet you up there. So we talked about, hey, listen, if we go in this place and they don't really want uh, these papers to be enforced or whatever, we will back out of there and we will go a different route. Because if there's any hint of any animosity or any tension or any bad words or, or, you know, you see something coming up that's not good, we stop, we extract ourselves, we leave. Agreed? And they both agreed. So we walked into the facility. We signed inappropriately. They present, Roger presented the paperwork to a uh, person in the, in the uh, secondary screening area, which is controlled by a locked a- access door. They went and got Mrs. Hilligan, brought her up to her set, arm in arm. What a, what a picture. I can still see it. Uh, I talked to her. She was not dementia, as everybody says she was. I says, hi, Mrs. Hilligan. Do you know who I am? She says, no, are you one of Roger's friends? I go, yes, that's correct. I said, you know who this guy is, right? She goes, well, that's my son. Well, duh, you know, like dumb dumb. And Roger goes, Mom, do you want me to get you out of here, take you, take you someplace? He goes, please do. So wow. that's how we left. We walked out the, the front door. People waved goodbye to us from the facility. I said, okay. I got, I took Tracy back to his car. Roger and his mom got in his car, and off we went. And then I had yeah, a phone call. Stuart, that Stuart was she, was she under? Court order guardianship. She was, but there was no legal put forth by any agency or department that said he was precluded from taking her out of there. Now they they seem okay. to think that there is this, yeah, but there's not there was yeah. nothing there. So okay. I get a phone call, my cell phone, eleven o'clock that night from Commander Miller. Hey, Stewart, do you know who Roger is? I go, um, I believe he's home. Why are you calling me about Roger? Well. Uh, he kidnapped his mother out of his facility. I go, okay, stop right there. What are you talking about, Oliver? He goes, well, he didn't have the authority to take her. He kidnapped her, and now we got a big deal. Now you're involved. Blah, blah. I go, oh, time out. Time out. I said, wait a minute. Did they not go to your department earlier in the day because they told me they did? Well, yeah. And you guys said it was a civil matter. You weren't getting involved. Yeah. But now it's a criminal matter, and you are involved? Well, he didn't have permission to take her. I go, ah, I dude. I said, if you thought there was anything wrong with the paperwork that he presented to you, which he did, then why didn't you stop him there? Because you didn't want to get involved. Well, Stuart, it's, it's blown up, and we need to know Rogers. I go, Oliver, I know he said he was taking his mom to his house. He live in Dayton, Nevada, which is south of Reno. That's all I know. Well, this is not, this is not good, Stu. You're involved in this. I go, uh, yeah, I am, but we didn't do anything wrong. And I stand by that statement to this day. We didn't do anything wrong. Right. So, uh, next thing you know, there's a big silver alert out 
all over the news. Roger Hillegas. And here's how it went down. Uh, armed and dangerous, access to weapons, has threatened people Armed with and dangerous. Weapons. Yes. Yes. That was put in the silver alert. Armed and dangerous. Oh, access to weapons. Oh. oh, all the lies went. I went, what? Uh, his mother needs life-saving medication to live. All lies, Marty. All lies. By the Jiminy cops. Christmas. All lies. So I'm watching this, and my wife at the time goes, "You uh, did you meet with this guy?" I go, "Yeah." Well, what's going on, Stuart? I said, uh, "I don't." I wanted to say that I was involved in this, but I thought that this is. I I I regret to this day, Marty. I didn't tell my wife at that point yeah. in time. Yeah, I was there with him. I just thought this was a bunch of BS. Well, it still yeah, is. well, it was. Yeah. And so I just kind of kept my mouth shut. I go, yeah, we talked a little bit. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is going from bad to worse. So I remember Roger telling me that his mother had her brother living in Southern California, and they, they might go down and visit him. So I called the detective hotline over the weekend because this took place on a Friday. My name and my number said, hey, listen, I'm being very over cooperative here. I think maybe they went to Southern California. I got a phone call Monday from Detective Allison Jenkins of the Reno Police Department. Say, well, we need to interview you, Stuart, and your involvement in this kidnapping case. I go, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I wish you'd stop using those words kidnapping. Well, that's what happened. I go, no, it didn't. Okay? So we were already off in a bad shoe with her and I. Uh, right. They came over to my house. Uh, they interviewed me, and my wife was on her way home. Again, I hadn't told her. Again, my mistake. I regret. And uh, I said, can we move this to a different place? So we went to a local coffee shop. And then the interrogation took an ugly turn, and they started accusing me of all sorts of stuff. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can clarify this right now. <laughs> Everything that we, we discussed, Roger and I, is on my cell phone. Well, we were getting to that, Stuart. We're not going to let you leave here with that phone. I go, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I need my phone. Well, we're not going to let you leave here with that phone. And I thought to myself, Marty, Well, they can't do that. Them, can, they, can they do that? No, they can't. Can, it's can, illegal. It's a lawful, unlawful uh, search and seizure. Yeah. Yes, that's so what I thought. Okay. I kept thinking to myself, you know, I, I've been cooperating here. Uh, I said, can I get my phone back tomorrow or, or within a few hours? We'll get your phone back to you tomorrow. Okay. And so I had to make up a, another BS story about why I didn't have my phone with me to my wife. Again, another regret, another little white lie, and my fault, my bad, because I thought this thing was just going to, you know, run its course and I was going to be extracted out of it. And But no. That's not what happened. So uh, they took my phone. I uh, called the detective the following morning to get my phone back. Says, "Well, you weren't happy with your voluntary consent, so we got a warrant for the phone." And they downloaded the entire contents of the phone outside the course and scope of the warrant. And so, uh, as the early afternoon came around, I said, "Hey, I need my phone back because I want to go to this job fair to uh, look for gainful employment because I was unemployed at the time." And um, this time when I called Allison Jenkins, uh, it went straight to her voicemail. I go, well, that's odd. That's really odd because it lasts two times I talked to her. So I went out to my vehicle to get some paperwork. And all of a sudden I heard, get your hands in the air, you mother blanker. You mother blanker, get your effing hands in the air right now. I'm like, what? I had four guys with guns drawn on me. Two guys running up from behind me. Oh, yeah. Two guys run up behind from behind me, uh, and I, of course, in, in Copland, you're told to face the biggest uh, 
adversary or um, danger. So four versus two, that's out, you know, they're out, they're out numbering me that. So I turned and faced the main threat, which is the four. Right. And their guns were on me. Their fingers were in the trigger guard. They weren't joking around. And I believe to this day, Marty, had I been open carrying, as most retired law enforcement do, they would have shot me. Gee, Christmas. What, so, what is it stake um, here? Wait a minute, Stuart. What is all this about? There's got to be something more here. Than no, there is. There okay. Is. Um, I, I will, we'll get to that. Um, and I, I will okay. tell you exactly what it's all about. Uh, it's about uh, bad cops, bad uh, uh, crooked uh, the district attorney, crooked judges. But See, I'm a former federal whistleblower. And so being okay. a formal federal whistleblower, uh, I pissed off the wrong group of people in this town, and they found their opportunity to take take it back on me, and they did. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So I'll have to talk to you about that, putting you on the whistleblower show that I do on Thursday nights that's in connection with the summit out in D.C. I, I will more than happy do that. Okay. So they took me down, they grabbed me from behind, they pulled me off my feet, wrenched my arms up behind my back, and I'm not a very limber person, so they uh, popped my back, hurt me, and my back's really never been the same since then. Uh, oh, wow. So uh, they uh, took me down to the police station. Normally, they, when they arrest them, when they take them to jail and book them, but they didn't do that with me. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to continue to find out where Roger was, and they were just peppering me with all sorts of questions, these uh, dirty cops. And uh, the situation... Uh, they kept saying, well, you know, Stu, you've been cooperative, and if you keep cooperating, we're going to let you go and all this stuff. They never let me go. They lied. They just lied. They, they wanted to get me in lights, and they got me in lights. Uh, that was the top story on the 11 o'clock news that night. Ex-sheriff. Wow. That was one of my – ex-sheriff um, basically uh, arrested and uh, for his role and for kidnapping and blah, 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 and all this stuff. I'm like, these people are nuts. But I was in jail. Um and, uh, of course, my poor wife was victimized by these people as well. And uh, uh-huh. I had spent the night in jail. First time I ever was in a, a jail cell as an adult. I was as a juvenile, but first time as an adult. And uh, it was just, uh, I didn't know what to say. I was like, this is this is insane. This is off the Richter scale. This is, uh, yeah. this is not, I didn't do anything wrong. And so right. uh, the following morning when I... Uh, met with the, the detention sergeant. They said, uh, well, um, I said, when when can I get out of here? I can't get out of here. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I can get out of jail. We're trying to figure out we're going to keep you for a couple months. I go, what? Said, yeah, you got three felonies hanging over you. I go, I didn't do anything wrong. This doesn't matter. You got three felonies. They're not going to let you out. And lo and behold, the judge that did the uh, arraignment in the morning OR'd me because I'd lived in Reno all my life. I was a cop for 30 years. I had stature and standing in the community, and uh, she saw that. But that was the same judge also that uh, bound us over to justice court. So I believe she probably got a talking to after after, uh, OR and me. I believe she got a talking to, and that talking to basically said, hey, you're not following the rules here, so we're going to tell you what the new rules are going to be, and you better follow them, and that's going to be that. So – the long, the long and short of it is uh, they uh, came after Roger and I. Uh, they got me first. They got Roger later. Now, Roger's situation turned into a whole 
bigger can of worms than mine. Uh, Roger did take his mother down to Bellflower, California, where she saw her brother. But all the information I told you about, armed and dangerous, access to weapons, threatened people with weapons, all that stuff got, got put into what they call a silver alert. And the silver alert basically uh, uh, put put the uh, haunches of everybody up, you know, like, oh, this is bad. He's, this guy's bad, man. He's, he's a bad guy. He's going to, you know, he's a threat. And so uh, what they did, because of this uh, false silver alert, they uh, deployed the entire Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office SWAT team to alert. Oh, they, yeah. yeah. The whole team. They put two snipers on the roof. They put two helicopters in the air. They shut down Bellflower Avenue. They evacuated the entire city block. They, uh, what? Uh, are, no, yeah, they cordoned off an entire city block, evacuated the apartment building where Roger and his mother and her brother were. And I don't know if you ever heard the term swatted or green-lighted, but yes. that's what they did with Roger. Yeah. So had Roger, gone over to, yeah, had Roger gone over to the window, not necessarily opened up, but presented a silhouette target, they would have they headshot him. Yeah, yeah they'd have shot him. Yeah. My God. So oh. this is the insanity that has taken place regarding uh, the beginning of this case. Uh, I will tell you point blank that we have documented evidence of cops falsifying police reports. We have documented evidence of district attorney's office falsifying information and their official reports. We have uh, judges who have basically rubber-stamped everything that the district attorney's office and the cops have done, lies upon lies upon lies. And, you know, I'm going to get right to the heart of the matter here. Two months after we rescued Susan Helgus, she died. She died in an assisted care facility alone with nobody around her, Uh, no family. She wanted to be with her son. Stuart, the story out on the net and everywhere was that she died in Roger's care, that nope. she passed away because of him. That was the story. That was that they never said she was back in a facility. She, she actually went back to two she facilities. Many. Yeah. She wow. went to one, and then, then they took her out of the, the, the one here in Reno and put her in the third one, and that's where she died. Oh, my God. So everything that everything that's been put out on the local media and national media has been nothing but lies. Everything the cops have given to the media, uh, locally or nationally, has been nothing but lies. The district attorney's well, office has lied. They violated federal laws, state laws, rules and regulations, policy procedures, and I'm talking not just the cops in the district attorney's office, but these judges that are involved in the process as well. And it's mind-boggling to the effect of where we're at today with this. Mind-boggling. Wow. Wow. This is just incredible. Go ahead. I was saying, Marty, we forgot to introduce, we have Reverend Ralph on the line here, and I think he has some stuff to talk about. It sounds like not as bad as Montgomery County, but Reverend Ralph knows someone who went to jail as well for trying to protect their loved one. Rev? Yes, good afternoon, nation and the world. Yes, I can identify with everything this gentleman has been saying, including about whistleblowing, which, let's face it, bureaucrats hate that, 
and they have the ability to sick anybody they want in law enforcement on people. Uh, I have been involved with exposing this corruption for, uh, well, many, many years, and recently, because of a very much-loved person, was also victimized by this guardianship corruption. Uh, Recently, I tried to... Uh, I went to the district attorney's office in Montgomery County and gave him uh, the details. My background is 41 years doing criminal investigations, so I know how to gather evidence. And uh, it was pertaining to the guardianship corruption involving some judges up in Norristown and also other people who have been victimized by those judges involving their loved ones. And basically, uh, the detective in the detective bureau basically uh, closed down the case after three weeks without returning anybody's phone calls that had called them up about their uh, problems Mm -hmm. involving loved ones uh, being victimized in Montgomery County. And then this uh, detective went to the judge in Montgomery County who was handling a much-loved person's case and has used the court to uh, basically punish me for um, opposing her and uh, opposing her and exposing what was going on in the court in orphans court uh, and that included two separate times of being sent to prison for a week uh, more or less to teach me some kind of lesson I suppose about going along with corruption which I will not do at any time and it's interesting because the one thing that I did was expose the fact that in Pennsylvania, the one item that is used to send people to their doom uh, by labeling them incapacitated was the so-called evaluation, also called the IME, which stands for uh, Independent Medical Evaluation. I discovered that In Pennsylvania, there are no standards or requirements as to what constitutes an accurate evaluation that would determine whether or not a person should have a guardian. And I exposed this in court, representing myself in this matter, and there was dead silence from this female judge and the lawyer who was assigned to this person. His name is Jess Koviak in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania, and also... Uh, the attorney for a person that had started this petition for guardianship. So the fact that in Pennsylvania, the thousand or so lawyers that do guardianships, they never did their due diligence of asking these psychologists what's the accuracy, independently proven accuracy, of their evaluations that they give these various people uh, to determine whether or not they're capacity, you know, had the ability to live on their own or needed a guardian. So basically, these lawyers just look at it as paperwork, and these psychologists who charge anywhere from a thousand to many thousands of dollars for their so-called evaluation, they have no proof that they have any credibility for accuracy. So it's basically just if they have a Ph.D. and they can claim they've done some work with people with memory uh, situations like Alzheimer's or dementia, the courts just accept these people for whatever they say without asking for any proof that whether they spent an hour with a person or two hours or five hours, 
it doesn't matter. It's just, well, they did something, and that was the conclusion of this psychologist. What I'm hearing through all of this, uh, Stuart, and I'm hearing it from you also, is there is this vagueness in anything pertaining to these matters that is used to twist and turn any kind of way they want it to, and yet there's really nothing behind it. Am I reading that correctly? Yes, ma'am, you are. Yeah. uh, It's smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. There's no law. Go ahead. I have a question for Stuart. Oh, what ahead, is what is this what is the status of what's going on now with with um between you and Roger's legal cases? Well, Roger um well we're going to have to jump ahead a lot. Roger uh basically uh, was apprehended on October 3rd of of uh, 2022 because he failed to show up for a uh, the judge ordered him to have a psych or mental competency evaluation. He said no. And, you know, and he he stands on his principles because the guy's a judge. He's not a doctor. He's not a clinical psychologist or psychiatrist. He's a, he's a judge. So he doesn't have any standing, as far as I'm concerned, or anybody should be, to make a medical ruling on whether a person is competent or incompetent or whatever. So Roger said no. And so he, he uh, basically got a uh, bay a court order, and he, he went on the run, and they apprehended him with excessive use of force in uh, Clay County, Missouri. That's another corrupt county. I'm, I'm Sheriff Aiken. You're listening tonight. You're corrupt too. I'm sick and tired of corrupt cops out there. So, uh, and and here's here's the insanity of this judge. Now remember, I did cop work for 30 years, so I'm I'm used to being uh, apprised of warrants, absconders, and all the stuff that goes with all the bad stuff. This mm-hmm. judge put a million dollar a million dollar bail bond on Roger. For failing oh, to abide wow. by a million dollars. That's normally reserved for murderers and yeah. violent criminals. Yeah. Not because he, he uh, uh, showed up for uh, or didn't show up for a court order, uh, mental competency, Jeez, which was the court. Yeah. It, it's, it's, these people are off their rockers. They, they are insane. Not us. They are. Yeah. The, the I cops, agree with the, that. The cops are renegades. They get away with whatever they want. The uh, district attorney's office is corrupt, and these judges, because they put their black robe on, they think they can fly around the sky with a big S on their chest. Uh-uh. No, yeah. they, they don't. They don't. That, but they, until you stop them, until you get a concerted effort to stop these judges who make the rulings in their courts, you're up against this. If you piss off the wrong person, if you do wrong things that the judge don't like, he'll just, he'll just yeah. uh, go on a vendetta against you, and that's bad. Recently, so someone talking? said to me, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead. But somebody had said to me, if you encounter the police, you know, we have to love our policemen and blah, blah, blah. And after all, they leave and go to work every day, and they don't know if they're going to go home to the hospital or to the cemetery. And my position is, so, if we encounter the police, we don't know if we're going home to the hospital or to a cemetery. Um, very true. This has become a... A, a very threatening situation, and since they've been militarized under Homeland Security in 2003, they all came up, every police department came up under Homeland Security, and they run everything. That's where all the money comes from. That's where all the military equipment comes from, including tanks, grenade launchers, like you need those in your neighborhood. And, of course, now they're geared more, they're dressed up more like military than your local police. And, and if all you policemen out there are listening, we want our community heroes back 
We don't want you people. You're a danger. We want our heroes back. And um, that's just the way I feel about it. I don't, I don't know what this is supposed to be. We have a constitution that says that the government cannot keep a standing army on the land, meaning against the people. But that is exactly what we have in policing today. They are part of the federal government. They're funded by the federal When people say defund the police, this is what they're talking about. They're not talking about getting rid of your police department. They're talking about yeah, cutting they're, they're, that funding yeah, from Homeland Security but, and the directives from them and getting rid of that and returning them to community service. And until that happens, you know, we're basically dealing with a foreign hostile military operation. But uh, well, anyway, that's my thoughts. It's good thoughts, Marty. You know, the thing is, is when you start having civilians do backgrounds on potential law enforcement candidates, that's the problem. When you have renegade yeah. cops out there who are doing bad things, there's two schools of thought. Number one, you get rid of the cops, but then you're going to face the uh, consequences of having bad cops. Or number two, you just keep letting the cops do what they want to do because it's yeah. better to let them do what they want to do, and you can cover it up and get away with it than getting rid of this one cop, and he's going to say, okay, well, you get rid of me, you're going to have to get rid of this one and that one and this one and that one, and pretty soon you got a whole department that's falling apart, and the chief's going to go, yeah, I think we're just going to keep the bad cops and just kind of cover it up yeah. and shovel it off to the front. Uh, there's yeah. a thing on Facebook called Reno Cop Watch. I'm asking everybody listening in tonight to go to that page on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, I'm not. And look at the statistics of people that have been hurt while in custody, injured to a, a degree of incapacitation while in custody, killed while in custody. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. You would think wow. that we were living, living in uh, Los Angeles. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's how bad it is. So, I, I got a question to, um, uh, about Roger's mother. How old was she? She was, I believe, 80. Three or between eighty-three and eighty-five. Wow. And yeah. Did anybody um, ever explain how she got a black eye? Nope. The cops never never investigated it. Nobody explained it. And uh, uh, she died under mysterious circumstances. She did. She. Oh no. She did. Yeah. You know, she died under mysterious circumstances. And what did the darling daughter do? Well, let me tell you what the darling daughter did. No toxicology report. Instant cremation. Yeah. Destroy the evidence. Yep. Destroy mm-hmm. the evidence. Correct. Yep. yep. And that's exactly what happened. And this all, you hit the nail on the head just a little while ago, Marty. This doesn't have to do with the people we love and care for, our elderly or our, our, our family members or friends. They're in these aberrations of assisted care facilities. <laughs> I call them the modern-day Auschwitzes. That's what they are. They're the modern-day yeah. Auschwitzes. They care about the money. Yep. If you take someone out of the bed, yep. well, that's taking money out of their pocket. That's what they care about. They yeah. don't care about the people. Yeah, they care right. about the money. So Holy it's cow. sad that we've, oh, yeah. we've fallen down to this. Yeah. Well, that's like hospice. Um, a hospice bed, $30,000 a month. If you can turn that's that insane. bed over two, three, four times, that's yep. times 30000 And they shoot people out of there left and right in a body bag. Um that's going to be, I think, we do shows on that also, Stuart, and uh, Marsha Joyner hosts those. Uh, but this has been going on quite a while, and it was fine-tuned under Obamacare. 
and but they you know they're killing us off this and this yeah. whole thing and I want people to understand while all this is going on and regardless of how many senators and representatives and governors and everybody these people are fully aware of what's happening and they are funding it grants and direct funding to programs and they're funding it they are funding the slaughter of people 60 and older anybody who's disabled then you have what Stuart has brought out this evening this hostile police force that's going to add fuel to the fire these lunatic judges that are held to no standards have no code of ethics no nothing no court rules nothing gee I wonder why they do what they do there's no penalty yeah, for not doing they, it they get yeah. away with it Marty they get away with it they've yeah. been getting away with it until we stop them they will continue to get away with it and he's yeah I think and I said this many years ago uh, halfway through my law enforcement career I think every judge whether it's a municipal judge a justice of the peace a, a district judge a Supreme Court judge every judge should have to go through a yearly psychological evaluation yeah end of story yeah I like that yeah. 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 I think because I do too. these judges lose they they lose they, they become delusional with power. They they, yeah. they lose perceptive of the law. They think the law right. they can twist it and turn it their own way and it's it's unreal. And yeah. this judge here, uh we try to get him recused and it's it's a it's a game of chess. And right now, uh they're better at playing the game of chess than we are. But things are starting to change. I know some of the minions of these this corrupt group of people uh, are listening in tonight. And I just got to say, you got some big splashes yeah. coming around the corner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this um, is just... they, they are listening. This, I can see this is one of our most listened to shows of 2023 already. So yeah. you are being very listened. Marty lets me yeah, look well. at data now. I get another question. Uh, what, what has this illegal well, nightmare cost you? Uh, me everything. It cost me my marriage, cost me my oh home, my cost me uh, personal property I really don't care about, cost me uh, my beloved fur, four-legged fur babies, uh, two of which have subsequently passed. Uh, you know, I, I, it changed the person who I was. I'm fighting to stay out of prison. They want me to be put in prison for 24 years for something I didn't do. Oh, and oh my they God. Can't, they can't. Yeah, they can't attack. They can't attack the thirty-year career. They can't. They've tried to by putting a GPS monitor on my ankle, which has caused me to have health problems, psychological right. problems. I was recently diagnosed with PTSD, uh, and and like I said, uh, it caused my wife to abandon our marriage. And you know, uh, I I falter for some of it, but some of it I get it. Where she she was just so scared and and yeah. upset that. I had changed, but I had changed because I'm fighting for my life. And uh, right. I was subsequently put in jail for failing to wear it. I said, I'm not putting this monitor on. Said, the judge goes, yes, you are. Goes, no, I'm not. And so that cost me uh, 92 days in jail. Roger's currently over 100 days in jail for nothing, for nothing. Jeez. If they would have for killed wanting Roger. wanting to be with his mom. Yeah, and take care of her in her own home. Well, you want to see or wow. hear something really interesting? Sounds familiar, Darling doesn't daughter. it, Reverend? Yes, it does. Darling daughter stole money from the trust. 
Roger found out about it, and that's where the fight began. Well, guess what? Okay. When you got mom and dad died eventually, so mom gets put into the assisted care facility, and they put the homestead up for sale. You want to take a wild guess who the listing and selling agent of that home was? Darlene Dodd. Ooh. 3% oh, on the wow. front, 3% on the rear. Yep. So, again, Jimmy, Christmas. It's, it's diabolically sinister about the, the, yeah. uh, the actual composition of these people. Where, where do they get their thought processes? That boggles my mind to no end. Like, how do you wake up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, gosh, I'm doing great, wonderful work here. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm upholding the laws of my court, or I'm upholding the laws of a police officer, or I'm prosecuting the, the bad guys as a district attorney. No. You piss off one of these people, and guess what happens to you? You get on the radar. Yeah. And they, you never get off. You never get off. This um, is Reverend Ralph. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, go ahead, I, Reverend. I will say this. No, go ahead, Reverend Ralph. Go ahead, sir. Thanks. Uh, Stuart, I, I identify with everything you're talking about, and what you've just been saying about, you know, who, what kind of people these are and all. It's been often said that these uh, corrupt guardians and corrupt judges and so forth, that they're criminals. And that's, it, it's like you're saying something unusual, but no, it's not. They have the same mentality as any criminal that commits a crime whether it's rape, robbery, murder, child molestation, stabbing somebody just to get their cell phone, that is the mentality that these people have. They don't care. They think they want something, and it's more important than what you care about. And as I had said, uh, I spent two separate weeks in prison uh, just because of a corrupt judge was trying to prove how powerful she was because of me exposing that fake evaluation. And she sat there and heard me dissect that evaluation item by item by item, which meant all these people that were ever guardianized and had their life savings taken away and put into these low, dumpy uh, um, nursing homes, all those people would come back and sue the county, sue the psychologist, sue their lawyers and so forth, that did not challenge those evaluations as being fake. So these people, yeah, we call them criminals like we think we're insulting them. No, it's a group that just don't care. They think it's fun. They think they're powerful, and they think they can step on anybody that disagrees with what they're doing, and they just think they have that right to do it. So uh, you talk about how much money you've wasted. I've spent almost $200,000 of my money just in one year on a lawyer trying to get a loved person out of one of these nursing homes because of a fake made-up evaluation. So as we all know, this is a nationwide scam, and it is just a scam. It's no different from any other type of scam or crime. But we got to look at it that we are like the little ant in a room with elephants, you know, we just don't have any power behind us. We don't have unlimited funds like the county does when they can do what they want, and it's like just in a day's work. So I give it back well, to you, Stuart. Yeah. Re- Reverend, yeah, I think you know, the nail on the head. It's, Go it's the classic good versus evil. Good versus evil. That's it. As simplistic as I can make it. You got, you got well, good people out there that want to help, and you got evil ones that want to kill them. Well, it's, it's a financial like crime. Yeah. It's yeah. a financial yeah. crime. I don't know why uh, these law enforcement, including the FBI, go after bank robbers 
or burglars, well, this is a far, far worse financial crime of taking people's houses and uh, assets and so forth and then hiring people and paying them back for hiring them and so forth. It's a scam. And, again, it's dismissed like, oh, well, it's really they're doing it for somebody's good, not when the family wants to care for that person and is not wasting the money that they are. And my question that I ask people, these guardians and so forth, these corrupt guardians, I say, how is this person's life better off now under all you people than it was before you got involved? And I mean mentally, medically, financially, and pure happiness. How are their lives better with all these people around them stealing their money, paying themselves money, than they were before they got involved? And I think that's a good question to shut up any guardian or any corrupt judge. Yeah. Well, like with these judges, they – okay, go ahead, guys. Well, I I was going to say it's not just a financial crime because the end game, in my opinion, is to commit murder. And it's the perfect crime because it's an an elderly person. And people would believe that an elderly person would die. But in my opinion, and based on facts that I have of medical documents in in Montgomery County between my family and other family members that I see, in my opinion, they murder them. And yeah, I'm not the only person who thinks that. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing with these judges, too, these are, in most cases, in probate. These are not judges. Uh, the term judge has a specific legal meaning. These are hearing examiners, administrative clerks. They are being paid by the same agencies that are coming against you. Plus, every time a case is brought before them, every time a motion is made, they get a percentage of the estate. And I think this is probably the most insidious part of this whole thing is that the person that they are targeting and victimizing is being forced to finance the attack against themselves. They're taking their money. People don't seem to understand that. This isn't coming out of the attorney's or the guardian's pocket because they want to do good. This is coming out of the victim's estate. Every yep. time they go against them, they collect money. Every yep. single time. And so does that person sitting up there on the bench, frauding everyone, calling themselves a judge. Uh, on the West Coast, it's 2 to 3% of the value of the estate. You go West, and by the time you get to California, it's 5 to 6%. Every single time a motion is brought in front of that tribunal. So everybody's making money. <laughs> And the victim is forced to finance their own demise. And who yep. set up that sick system? The Bar Association, which I think yep. is one of the yep. biggest reasons it ought to be disbanded. But that's my thoughts. Marie, you hit the nail on the head. The American Bar Association, the state bar associations, they're a joke. They don't do yeah. anything. They protect, they protect their own. And the, yeah. These, yeah. These, attorneys, and these, these attorneys are getting away with whatever they want because they're protected. I mean, wow. this the perfect cover-up. The perfect cover-up. Yeah. And the cops, they're out there doing whatever they want. I mean, you saw the five Memphis police officers that just got indicted. I mean, how long has that yeah. been going on with these cops? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's mind-boggling. You, lose, you start losing the good candidates okay. at the background. That's where you lose them. We've got, a, we've got a caller on here, and I think I know okay. who this is. Area code 303. 
<laughs> Hi, Marty. Here I am. Say good day. Hi, <laughs> <Die>, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> Hello, Marty. Hi, you Hi, how you doing, Robin? And, I'm doing uh, great, thank you. <laughs> good. Well, uh, hi, everybody. Reverend Ralph. Hi, everyone. Marty Cosby Stewart. Um, I'm really glad that you've done, you're doing a radio show on this Marty and Cos because this is very important to, to every citizen yes. out there as to what they are possibly facing if they try to rescue anybody out of a guardianship. And why they're there in right. the first place is just disgusting to me in the first place. So I think it's, right. I'm really glad you are doing this. And um, continue, you guys. Yeah, it really is. It's a scam yeah. from the word so that, that, you know, that they have the authority to, to declare you incompetent without any medical evaluation. And then right. they take control of all of your assets and your yes. person, they lock you yes. away. Now they have your assets. Now, let's say you have a loved one who says, hang on a minute. That doesn't seem right to me. They say, well, come on in. Bring your money. Bring yes. your pocketbook because we're going to use all the assets of your mother or your father or your disabled child, whoever it is that we've just kidnapped. We're going to use all their assets against you to finance right. the biggest battle you ever saw. So bring it on. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. And that's really how Modern day organized crime. Modern day organized it is. crime. It is organized yep. crime at the very highest levels of government because we're talking about yeah. the third branch of our government here. That's yeah. And uh, it, is, it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's really a bad joke. Not yeah, funny go ahead, Rev. Yeah, I, I can't believe this gentleman just said exactly what was in my head. Yeah, it's it's like a little – they got your loved one's assets, and they also use their money to pay the lawyers to fight your lawyer who you're also paying for. And yes. it's like if it wasn't so disgusting, it'd be almost laughable. And the fact that uh, that these people are just it's, – it's just like a, a club – where you, it's like legalized theft. And, you know, yes. when I was in prison, I met these people who were, you know, in there for burglary and robbery and all. And I'm thinking to myself, how stupid you people are. If you do guardianships, there are no laws to prosecute you, no matter what you do. And it's, if people just don't realize just how uh, financially uh, people can be ruined especially the people that love these people and are fighting for them, it's like this is what they want. The billing hours of these lawyers are dependent on somebody caring to get these people out of guardianship. And if they didn't get their money from billing hours, they wouldn't make any money at all. So it's not like they're doing something for these people. It's just they're waiting around for billing hours to accumulate. I send right. it back. Reverend, uh -huh. I have a quick question because there's we have this is a full board. There's a lot of people that don't know your story. Would you just real quick let everyone know why you were in prison so they can uh, pass judgment on you correctly? Okay. Basically, when this uh, guardianship first started because of a, a very greedy relative, uh, I put up a website, and the website had a lot of articles and links about uh, guardianship problems nationwide but I also had a 25 page narrative of what happened to me personally and I named names 
Well, the judge <laughs> up in Norristown, uh, she decided that I had invaded this person's privacy, uh, in you know, not caring that the the privacy of this loved person was violated by the courts by having this person forcibly removed from the house against their will by force for monetary benefit. That's called kidnapping under the criminal code. I don't know how otherwise they can explain that away. So basically, she uh, sentenced me to one week in prison to uh, – well, she sentenced me to six months in prison or until I had that information removed from my website. Well, I'm not a, a web designer, and I had no ability to take it down. Fortunately, Elaine Mickman was there at that hearing, and she got my IT person to take it down, and I was released after one week. The second time just happened uh, just in December, exactly one year later, where I deleted the names of this loved person but had everybody else's name in there, and I had a link to the archived documents at Amazon. It's called the Wayback Machine. Well, she did not like that, the fact that, that their names were still being put out there as being corrupt, the corrupt lawyer, the corrupt psychologist, the corrupt judge, and so forth. So she sent me to prison again. Both times were for civil contempt of court. That was the charge. So she claimed that I violated the spirit, the word spirit, of her uh, order to remove any information about this person. Well, again, the link was just a link. It had no person's name or that person's name on my website. So, again, she used her power. She was a bully. And the fact that never, never were any of my facts proven wrong. Never. So, again, that whole matter was violation of my constitutional rights of freedom of speech and freedom of the press. But it doesn't matter if you got a gavel in your hand or a badge. Yeah. I just wonder, Stuart, you have been in law enforcement for 30 years. This has got to be mind-blowing to you. Uh, uh, What are your thoughts? I, I mean, you were yep. probably one of the good ones. I can just tell. Uh, thank you for that. I, 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 I owe all the credit to my uh, upbringing with my parents who loved me very much and made sure that, uh, uh, I, you know, that I followed a great path of life. Uh, the, here's another little uh, – well, it's not odd. It's uh, very disturbing. I was a state trooper with Nevada Highway Patrol for 20 years. That was the biggest part of my law enforcement career. Um, when we found out there was corruption going on within our agency, we contacted the Attorney General and the Governor of the State of Nevada to report it under the federal whistleblower law. We were told that the, the uh, information would remain confidential and the investigation would be confidential. However, the focus of that investigation found out about it. And on 9-11 of 2001, um, I was threatened with my career as a state trooper, and I had to fight back. Oh my and I did. Gosh. But yeah, they they were not very happy with me at all. They wanted me dead. So oh my um, God. Uh, I fought back. I retired in good standing. I went on to do uh, more positions in the law enforcement profession. Uh, so 30 years uh, of my life was spent treating people with respect, dignity, 
how they're supposed to be treated, professionalism. Uh, you know, I ran across my fair share of bad guys, but most of the people I came across were good people. And if they deserved a break, they got a break. That's just the way life is supposed to be. Uh, these people out here that are stealing, like Reverend, like you said, putting you in jail is ridiculous. But stealing people's money, it's, it's, it's gone off the rails. And we as a group, yeah. and if you heard Luann and Robin's show the other night, uh, Robin was spitting fire. He was the fire-breathing dragon. And I just thought, wow. This is always and, amazing. Uh, yeah. Is, is there, is, do you want to, um, Robin and Luann, would you like to share, is there a link that um, listeners could go back and listen to this, to your show that you just did? Or what date was it? Yeah, there was a, it was last weekend, and it, uh, it's basically, let me go ahead and put it up, and I'll, I'll tell you where to find it. It's at the Hidden Truth, called Hidden Truth Revealed on Blog Talk Radio. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash revealed. There is the archive, all of it, and, um, and from there, look up Stuart Hand, and uh, that's APN. We're having a bad connection. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely, how many years have you been doing it, Luann? Is it, um, you well, do Robin a lot of guardianship I, as well. Right. We've been doing, um, I've been in probate court myself for about 10 to 12 years, and then um, and then we've been doing radio with Robin and I. Uh, we first, it was called Robin and Lulu Show. Now it's called Face Us Radio. But we've been doing it for about almost seven years now. Okay. Marty yeah. and I are going, Marty's been doing it for about 15 years, but Marty and I are going on four years. It'll be four years in April that Marty has allowed me to come on is my soul. I mean, I got more than I bargained for because Marty is like my best friend now, but uh, it was basically to expose the outholes of Montgomery County, which Reverend Ralph, that's why he's a big part of our show. It's the really that we really want to expose what's going on there. But it sounds like what goes on in Montgomery County is no different than what's going on in so many other corrupt counties around the country. And um, Stuart, what could we do to help? Is there anything that we can do? I know bringing awareness is always a huge thing, but is there anything else that this is, this is, this is a full show right now, and we're also syndicated on iTunes, Spotify, and the rest. So this is going to be, I think, a, a, probably the biggest show of 2023 so far. What can be done? What can people do to help? Well, I, I think I, I hit the nail on the head the other night when I was on the Louisiana Robbins show. You identify, you expose, and you take down one by one, two by two, four by four, I don't care. And this is the way the message gets sent. You attack one, and in the process of attacking one, you attack a second. And if it takes more time, you wait, then you attack the third, and you take them down. You expose. They don't want the exposure. They don't want their name and life. They want to hide behind their, their uniforms, their positions, their robes, their little hammer, as Robin would say, which is classic. Uh, they want to hide behind them and use their positions to the best of their advantage. But when you identify them, and when you expose them and whatever, and tonight they're getting exposed, um, this is, they don't like this. And the more we keep hitting them, and you can file complaints with the DOJ, you can file complaints with the legislature, you could do, find out all your administrative processes before you take that next step to file criminal charges on them, which you can do. Here in Nevada, you can file a complaint with the grand jury. 
The grand jury is not run by the district attorney, and only a judge oversees what the grand jury makes their final decisions upon. The grand jury is a jury of people. not They are just randomly chosen. They listen to what mm-hmm. the facts are presented on, let's say, you're going after district attorney. You're going to issue an indictment on him. You present all their evidence, and the grand jury makes the determination, yes, you can indict, or no, you can't indict. And the judge can't intervene, and definitely the district attorney can't intervene. So that's a good process here for us to have. We're looking at that as well as some other things that I won't go into uh, over the air because I believe right. uh, we are being yeah, listened to. Yep. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, we're being scanned. Yeah. The yellow belly and, uh, and the other thing you uh, can do, yeah. too, Stuart, yeah. is uh, malfeasance, the charge of malfeasance. And this applies across the board to anybody in a public office. Um, is using that office to harm a member or section of the public. Uh, so malfeasance is always an option. It's a weaker one above among everything, but it is there. Uh, so so far, I've swung for the fence on filed complaints at the Ethics Commission here in, in Nevada. The bar, which was a joke, we already knew that. I filed I filed a few complaints against uh, uh, the district attorney's office with the bar, and they just go, no, no, no. And we filed complaints on other parties involved. I can't say specifically who because it's supposed to be confidential. Uh, I'm in violation, as we speak tonight, of an unconstitutional gag order that Judge Barry Breslow put on me because they deemed me, the district attorney's office, as a danger to the health and safety of the Reno Sparks community because I am not shutting up. Yeah, that's that's why I'm wearing a GPS monitor, which has caused me health concerns. And lo and behold, as this crazy old cop likes to do, he likes to look into things and investigate. So that's what I did for 30 years. And by gosh, there's a United States Supreme Court ruling that says these things are a violation of your Fourth Amendment unlawful search and seizure of your body. But yet you have a sitting district judge that goes, oh, no, uh, you're going to wear one. Well, I found this out after wow. the fact. And, the, and now we have wow. the showdown at high noon in the street coming up with him. And he better Gee, take it off. He better take it off. Well. It just, it's like the law means nothing, it means absolutely nothing. And the law that they call the law, that they do apply, is so detrimental to the public, I don't know why it's there, personally. They're drunk with power. Uh, they are drunk yes. with power. Yep. Yeah. And they go, oh, and I, they, I'm a judge. And, uh, you know, and I brought this up, like Stuart, that. how many times what other section of the government or even the public gets the right to get together and vote and decide that they are immune from prosecution. Uh, what the hell? If, what, if, what if we allowed ourselves to become controlled by is a bunch of um, control freaks who have delusions of grandeur, who put on this? It, it's almost like uh, you know you, the Superman putting on the uh, uh, you know the, the cape and the and all the all the uh, stuff. He, he's going from Clark Kent to being Superman. Well, you know, nobody can stop me because I'm Superman. No, you're not. I'm not. You're not. Nobody is. There's one man that's, uh, well, there's one being that's all powerful. And he's in a different realm, and that's God. And if you don't have God in your heart, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you need to have him. You have to have him because oh. the devil is the other people. The devil is driving the other people. And if you want to side with nobody, then you're kind of siding towards the devil. We can't have that. We need to have God in our hearts yeah. and our souls. Right. And uh, that's the only wow. thing that got me. I, I... I prayed for three to four nights while I was in jail, and I was in a wheelchair, 
like Roger is right now, because I, I got hurt, and they refused me medical help. I, I was so proud when I graduated from a wheelchair to a walker. But I prayed for three nights in jail because there was nothing left in my life. It was destroyed. Please, God, take me. I'm done. And he did oh, take wow. me. And uh, there's wow. a reason out there. And, and Luann and Robin know that reason. And that reason's coming to Reno tonight. going to be here about 9.48 or 8.48 p.m. And uh, Allie, if you're listening, <laughs> you are beyond wonderful and amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm blessed wow. with her. And her mom. Marty, is being, are you, yeah. I'm seeing we have a caller. Hold on. Can okay. we go through here? Yeah, um, go ahead. Go ahead. It's call 845. Do we have caller 845? You're on the air. Can you hear us? Caller 845. Area code 845. Did they get through? Yeah. Well, that's Reverend Ralph there. Um, no. We've got another one no. at 773. No. It's 845 was was the one. Okay. Okay. I... I got a message. His name is Dean. Dean, can you hear us? Dean? It might be Dean Salas. Huh? It might be Dean Salas. If there's Dean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is Dean, can you hear us? Hello? Can you hear me? Is that Dean? Hello? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Hello. No, I'm, hello. Who's this? Hi. I don't know why I didn't press one, so I don't know why you're talking to oh. me. But it came through. Came through oh, on my, my phone. Goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I hit the wrong one. I'm. It's amateur hour for me. Oh, I see it. Let me <laughs> let me let me take you off. Okay. All right. Oh. All right. I see it. Eight four seven. Oh, eight, eight, four, seven. Seven. Yes. Is this Dean? Yes. Oh, one of my favorite Dean, people. You're, Dean, you're live and on the air. It, I, this is um, myself and Marty's first time to meet you. Oh, I, I've listened to the show other times. Hello. <laughs> but what's new and exciting in your life? How are you doing? Well, on November 29th, at about 10 minutes to 9 in the morning, uh, a SWAT team broke into my house with the battering ram, grabbed me, and threw me out of my house, and I've been homeless since then. Jesus. And why did they say they sent a SWAT team to your house? A... Uh, a judge violated the law by declaring a foreclosure on a disabled person. They had signed a uh, a financial contract, my spouse, and the law here in Illinois says if you sign a disabled person up under any financial agreement that's not allowed and the penalty is you may not collect. Despite that, a judge uh, issued a summary judgment and they came in 
and threw me out of my house. Oh, my. This is awful. And Dean, how old are you? uh, You won't hold it against me, will you? No. I was born pre-World War II. I am chronologically 85 years old. Oh, my gosh. It's now, let's see, what's the temperature? Uh, It's 29 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's going below zero in the next few days. Uh, This was instigated by a guardian who took, when I ran out of money, uh, taking care of my wife who suffered a stroke, and our children went after her pension, her teacher's pension. And when I ran out of money, the guardian uh, was paying the mortgage and the utilities out of our her, my wife's pension, which is our money, because in Illinois right. it's community property. Right. What is a wife and a husband share whatever. So they, unknown to me, stopped paying utilities. So I lived in my home without heat and electric for quite a while because the electric company would not sign me up on a, a payment plan. Actually, they did, and then... Uh, with all the confusion in courts, I missed a few days making the payment, and then they would not renew it. So, uh, anyway, so the, the guardian this is was not initiated by the guardian. Wow. The, this was initiated by the guardian who stopped paying the mortgage with our funds that were available, and the the the, uh, the bank who has a significant relationship with the judge's husband uh, put it into foreclosure uh, in violation of the law. So, That's, Dean, this is this is awful. We don't have a lot of time left on the show. I just thought, how how are you surviving right now? Do you have do you have funds? What are you doing? Oh well, I have a, a. I have most of my social security has been committed fighting for my wife's freedom. She was kidnapped and placed in an assisted living facility, though she has been psychologically and and psychiatrically uh, examined several times and found not to be in need of guardianship and those people testified in court without any opposing arguments from the guardian and right. the judge uh, denied the motion for restoration for my wife and then they kidnapped her so that they could say that the home that we shared for over 50 years uh, was not needed, and therefore uh, they went after it. 
the other day we celebrated, we didn't celebrate, but uh, we were married 55 years. My heart my heart is broken for this whole situation, everyone. This is Chicago, Illinois. Um, I'm getting a message here. It comes to my attention. Um, Dean, this is a little concerning what someone has just messaged me. There's a lot of us that are in the, um, I'm going to try not to cry just talking about this. A lot of us are in the um, advocates against guardianship and to help elderly. And it's come to my attention that someone in our group has done something to rip you off. Is this true? I believe so. No, not to my knowledge. And this is hearsay because somebody somebody uh, set up a fund to collect uh, money to benefit me. This is what I'm told. Those those are called GoFundMe, and you never got the money. So someone set up a GoFundMe. May I finish? Yes. A gentleman called me up and asked uh, if it was permissible to talk to my daughter so he could explain all the bad things that are happening and being done by guardianship. Well, he doesn't need my uh, permission to to call my daughter, but okay. Uh, And then the next day I got a call back saying that he talked to my daughter and he's what in effect what he was doing was counseling me saying I have to come to an agreement with my children etc 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 he was counseling me well I never agreed to a go fund like no one ever explained it to me uh, what it is uh at this point, I have not received any funds, nor, nor, and I'm very leery about receiving funds from somebody who really conned me. What what I believe is happening is somebody decided to speak with two members of the family and then are claiming that they're counseling me and us no. Which is not true, and probably oh my goodness. Uh, putting us on a list as saying yes. these are people who we have counseled, and probably going to some government agency or someplace and getting funds yes. on the basis of supposedly counseling us. That's not true. In fact, wow. I I I asked the person because they did all the talking. I said, uh, did our daughter tell you that they initiated this by going after their mother's pension fund? And did they tell you that when she got out of the hospital that they uh, uh, sat her down and took a, had her sign a uh, power of attorney to our son and daughter? Oh. And he said, yeah, they mentioned that. I said, do you find that that's okay? He said, well, that depends on why she was in the hospital. Oh, well, uh, well, I said, you've been duped. She was in the hospital because she suffered a stroke on the job as a teacher. Oh, he wow. said, oh I, I have an appointment. I, I've got to get off the phone and 
I'll talk to you again. I never heard oh. from him again. Do you ha- do you remember this person's name? Uh, a black something. If you're having any problems, press someone's one. name Mr. Black. Mr. Black. Marty, a man named Mr. Black has started a GoFundMe for Dean and has not turned the funds over. Have you heard of anything? Listen, I don't know anything about GoFundMe. Nobody told me about it. And and with somebody who says they have a file on me, and I know they don't have a file on me, who are making up statements, uh, I'm told by other people, uh, somebody on YouTube or one of those things, because I'm not under those things, right. said that that person said that uh, everything was cleared up, yes, that sir. I had a fund, uh, a plan, and I was executing it, and I was fine. Um, what about? Well, well, that's I guess totally untrue. Five, four, five, three, so I would three, say anyone out there who who has knowledge of this Mr. Black should contact Mr. Black and ask him where these funds are from because it is a it's a website called GoFundMe is how it was done and I was I was sent a screenshot of it so I am seeing that it was done and that money was collected so this is, this is very unfortunate I'm leery about accepting any funds I don't know anything about. They should return them to the people who donated. I agree. I feel that someone needs to turn this into GoFundMe because this isn't what GoFundMe is supposed to be about. This is very disturbing information. You know, Marty and I don't get paid to do this. And to think that someone is out there pretending to be an advocate for the elderly and the disabled and those in guardianship and to – open up a GoFundMe in a victim's name and then pocket the money. Um, wow. I mean, I, uh, I you're in law enforcement. Nobody, what do you think? Nobody talks yeah. to me about GoFunds. I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, that's how they collected the money. I mean, I mean uh, I've been sleeping in my car, and some police officers even have slipped me a couple bucks to to buy gas. Yes, ma'am. To stay warm at night. 2001 Saturn LF200. Um, I met a lot of words, Marty. Who is speaking? All right, we have another. We have another caller, and it looks like they're calling from the Chicago area. Let me get them in. It's going to be area code seven seven three. Area code seven seven three. Do you have a question? Area code seven seven three. You're live and on the air. Before we get rolling, the seven seven three. Somebody has got a radio or something playing in the background. You need to shut it off. Thank you very much. Or mute up. Do one of the others. Okay. Excuse me. Who's been speaking? What is your name? We got. Um, I'm Kaz, and we have Marty Oakley, and you are on oh, okay, the Kaz. Marty Oakley So Yeah, and you're on the Marty Oakley Show. You are on yes. an international blog, uh, broadcast right now, and everyone has just heard. We are very disappointed 
in Chicago and what has been done to you, but we're even more disappointed in an advocate that would have taken advantage of this situation. Uh, what can we do to help? Is there anything that, you, that we could do? I've got feelers out there and some uh, uh, social workers are helping me. This is in, good. Providing some food. There's a food pantry that I'm at, and there are people uh, looking uh, what what I want and need because I have a little bit of a, a muscle problem in my legs, uh, some mobility problem, uh, which is getting better. But uh, I I put in an application for shared housing, where I would trade off food and uh, services like driving somebody who can't drive anymore places in return for an easy chair with arms so I can get a, <laughs> sleep someplace in a warm place. I'm glad to hear so, that some social workers are doing good. I, I, uh, most of them, most of them, send say go check this place out and they have never checked it out uh and really don't know where they send you or what the criteria are i've run into so many blank walls but there is there's one or two organizations that have helped me i'm very very glad to hear that that there are still good people out there and i feel like i want to just go back to stuart because this show is about stuart stuart is there hope are there still good people out there oh absolutely there are good people you're listening to some of them calling in tonight you're listening to people who are angry and upset at the at the corrupt legal system which uh, i guess i'm going to slight the mafia because that's what i call them organized crime like all yeah. of the mafia but uh, uh they're worse than the mafia they, they use their positions of power. I mean, at least there was some allegiance yeah. and uh, uh, respect within mafioso organizations. But these people just don't care. They just want your money, and they'll kill you to get it. So there are good people they, out there. They are, sir. excuse me, may I say that what I've known or heard about the mafia and the uh, beer barons and whatnot, they were kinder to people than the Cook County courts and the judges specifically Correct. judge robles in the in the foreclosure court and judge uh, sean bolliker in the probate court they have no regard for the law at all no they don't and uh, it's it's deplorable to hear your story tonight sir i i, am, I will pray for you uh, i think there's people out there that are going to try and help you but uh, you have to stand strong. We are standing strong. Therefore, you have to stand strong. You can stand with us. And uh, we will try our best. I, I believe uh, there's going to be people. Uh, if I was in Cook County, I'd help you out right now. But I'm, uh, I'm in Reno, and, uh, you know, I've got to stay here until this thing's well, ironed out. Well, but it, I, I, it's I'm been snowing it. here. Excuse me. It's been snowing here. But when I served with the combat engineers, <laughs> I slept in. A foot, foot and a half of, sh of snow in a little uh, shelter, my shelter half, uh, when we were on maneuvers. <laughs> so, well, but well, when I tell people, they say, yeah, but the service. you were 26 yep. years old then, and now you're 85. 
Well, I, I, your maneuvers, sir, are over. Thank you for your service as a veteran. And we'll, I, I think there's going to be people out there that are going to get you out of this predicament you're in. And I will pray to God that uh, he assists them in that aspect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you're so welcome, much, sir. Dean, for calling in. You are just lovely. We would love to have you come back and do a full show with us. We have only six minutes left. And I just want to point out how many states are represented on this show right now. I'm calling in from Wisconsin. We have Dean there in Chicago and Illinois. We have Reverend Ralph in Pennsylvania. We have you there, Stuart, in Nevada. We have Marty in Georgia. And we have Colorado with Luann and Robin. This is probably, I just want everyone to understand how many different states are on this call right now, not to mention how many, I see so many different area codes that are listening. This is not just a problem in one little state and one little county. This seems to be a problem all across the country, the fact that we are so represented and the fact that we know once we hit our platforms on iTunes and Spotify, we go global. What is going on? May I say something? Yes, you may may be. a a lady by the name of Sean uh, um, Janet Phelan, P H E L A N, yeah, who, who's a research uh, journalist, wrote a couple articles. One of which is, "I want your house, I want your wife, I want your car, I want your life." If, if you look up. It's been published in Activist Post. Well, Please we will definitely, definitely look, look that up. And, and, and she has done excellent research. And she and I are not related or anything. I didn't know her anything. And she did this research, has written at least two articles. If you get those, you will get a bird's eye view of what's going on here in Chicago, which is like the corruption capital of the world. Yeah. Well, I, I've never I've never heard of her before. So this is wonderful that you are getting all sorts of media attention. I will definitely have to Google and see who she is. Lisa, and, I can find right there. Uh, cause her name is Janet Phelan. Did an article oh, on this. Dean okay. Yes. And Fleming, right. He's been on our radio show before. Awesome. Well, we'll have to look her up, and we'll have to figure out who this Mr. Black is that owes you some money. But we have three minutes left, and I just want to say thank you to everyone for calling in. This has been an amazing, incredible show. As usual, Reverend Ralph, he is with us every week and just such such a wonderful person. I'm so glad grateful for you, Reverend, that you come on every week. Stuart, thank you for coming. Luann and Robin, thank you for introducing us to Stuart and coming on and being such a great part of this show. And of course, Marty, who is just the master and the queen of everything. I've learned so much from her. She is just so amazing. And we are going to be signing off, but I want everyone to know these shows are brought to you by Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Make sure you go like 
and share some of the posts that are at Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. These shows are also brought to you by Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. And we don't know what we're doing this year, but it's going to happen this every year. It's just an amazing, incredible summit. It has gotten international attention, and Marty is one of the biggest programs or panels that are at the show. And, you know, thank you, everyone. Have a good night, and good night, we will see everyone next week. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. 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 Good night.